Hi, guys, and welcome back to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fortner, and I am pumped to talk to you today about adventures in creating a holiday. Now, I don't talk about creating a day like I don't want you to get a day off work or anything like that. And you might be thinking, I'm not going to create a holiday. I don't know if this is connected to me, but what I want to talk to you about is the typically hazardous, the risky, the adventurous act of creating something, of creating whether it's a movement or creating a work or creating an a nonprofit or of creating a for-profit or creating activating anything, which will require you to step into that risky behavior of starting something. See, the reason I think this is important for all of us is because we live in a world that is essentially the future fruition or the final products or the evolution of a whole lot of people's early ideas. And if it wasn't for the people who started things, and if it wasn't for the people who risked, and if it wasn't for those people who faced the typically hazardous beginnings of things and knew from the core of who they were how to launch a thing, how to start a thing, how to build a thing, how to grow a thing, how to enlist people in that thing, then we wouldn't have cars or computers or houses or we wouldn't have antibiotics or post-it notes. There's so many things that began because people started moving forward. That's what I want to talk to you about today. With one of the works of my life that has been particularly joyful and really, really fun to be a part of, and that's World Adoption Day. World Adoption Day last year was started by myself and a group of people who got together and realized that there was no such thing as World Adoption Day. There's You see on Instagram or you see on the internet all the time, World Elephants Day and World Lions Day and World Quinoa Day, which is a delicious, very delicious day, although we don't get any discounts for that. Parenthetically, if there's restaurant owners listening, and I know there are, let's give away some quinoa on World Quinoa Day. So there's World Everything Day, right? But there was no World Adoption Day. So last year, a handful of us and a group of us, we bought, we did what you do. We bought a domain and got a Twitter hashtag and got together and just said, we are going to create the first ever global celebration of adoption. And there's so many reasons why we wanted to create that. And I talk a little bit about that in the Adopt Together podcast. So if you want to find another podcast that I do, it's a weekly podcast around adoption stories. And I talk about the why of World Adoption Day. But for this conversation, what I want to talk about is how that all played out. The questions I asked myself, the questions that came forward, because have you ever done something and then you go, oh, that worked. <laughs> but I did a lot of other things and I did the exact same thing and it didn't work. And why did it? So upon this is my upon reflection. But that's what I want to do first is I want to talk about um, what made it work. But then I also want to talk, secondly, about you joining me in World Adoption Day. And I'll talk a little bit about the energy around that as well. So we'll talk about how we created a holiday, adventures in creating a holiday. Now, what I want you to do is, as you're listening, I want you to extract any of the universal principles you can find in this. And I'll do my best as I talk, but listen for things that would apply directly to you as you grow your real estate business or your law firm, as you grow your family or as you grow your your design company, as you grow your restaurants or you grow your business or you grow your life or a brand, whatever it is, there are universal principles here. 
because it connected. And then we're going to talk a little bit about this guy in the scriptures named Nehemiah. And I'm going to talk about him second. No, I'm going to talk about him first. I just, this is real time. We're not going to edit that part out. I'm just going to tell you that first we're going to talk about a guy named Nehemiah. In the scriptures, there's this guy named Nehemiah who is known as, this is true, he's known as theologians. He's known as the man behind the wall. He's known as not like the secret guy behind a wall. He's known as the guy who's behind the creation of the wall. So check this out. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The words of Nehemiah said, In the month of Kislev of the twelfth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, Those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We've acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed commandments, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey me, then, and even then, if your exiled people are from the furthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen for a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. And then he says this. He says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. You've got this guy, Nehemiah, who's busted up and broken up at the fact that his people are living in a city without walls and being destroyed and attacked day after day after day. And so his goal is, I'm going to go to the king and I'm going to get permission to rebuild that wall. But the first thing he does, and I think this is why this is really, really matters, because it matters to you and it matters to me in relationship to the work of our life and to the what you're creating or what you're doing or what you're enlisting people towards. Because you may have a work of your life that is enough for just you to do. You may do something that doesn't impact or affect other people, and you might go, that's the deal, but I I doubt it. I doubt that you listening to this conversation have a single thing in your life, a work in your life that doesn't affect other human beings. See, the reality is it's all connected. And so the questions, these these go to the questions of myself in terms of creating World Adoption Day. It also turns into the questions that, Nehemiah is asking as he builds these walls. The question is, and I think the question for all of us is, why doesn't this exist already? The question that Nehemiah is asking is, how can this be that there is no wall? How can this be that there is no one protecting my people? How can this be that that's not the case? 
I think the question for me is when we realized that World Adoption Day was didn't exist, it's like, how is that possible? There are so many millions of people whose lives have been touched by adoption and so many great adoption organizations and activists, and every day I'm finding a new one on Twitter or Instagram where you go, I didn't even know that organization existed, and yet there is no World Adoption Day. And you ask yourself the question, why doesn't this exist already? See, every great movement, every great work begins with that question, why doesn't this exist already? It's as if that happens to us with medical treatments. We go, there's this small pill that can keep you from getting malaria, or there's this small inoculation that can keep you from getting polio. Oh, did you know there's this small test we can take to see if you have this disease? And you'd ask yourself the question, wait, we're working on that? How does that not, how was that not the first thing we did? Or you could ask yourself the question about technology. We ask that with technology all the time. Yeah, there's this technology that'll tell us if a car is going to come careening at us. It's a technology that will tell us when a, a, a comet is going to hit the planet. Yeah, that's important. I'm glad, you know, and you ask yourself the question, I'm glad we have that. Whenever someone pitches us a good technology, you go, why doesn't that exist already? That's always the great beginning of something that's coming in your life. When you are piecing together ideas or looking at things and going, where do I go? What do I do next? One of the beautiful things, the thing that has like a life of its own, like an energy all its own, is to ask yourself the question, why doesn't this exist already? If when you're telling people about it, they ask you that question, you are on to something. Then I think the question you have to ask yourself is, who else cares about this? It's what I did with World Adoption Day. When we got started and we started realizing what it was, I thought, okay, who else cares about this? Who can I enlist? Who can I call? Who can I email? Who can I be a part of it? And you will be so surprise. The people I thought would be pumped on this, the people connected to adoption or the adoption organizations, some of them cared a lot and were really, really helpful. And some of them just didn't even respond to our emails. And they're responding to our emails now, like after the fact, they're like, oh yeah, we tried to connect. And they didn't reply to us. They didn't even acknowledge that we were existed. So it's so funny. You are going to be so surprised as you go about the work that you're doing who cares about what you're doing? I was shocked. Some of the people who were a part of it with us, some of the people who got behind us, some of the people who moved forward, I was blown away at the people who cared about this so viscerally. And this is where Nehemiah goes, okay, I'm going to talk to the king. I got to rebuild the wall. I got to rebuild what's happening. I got to do this. And he's asking himself, who else cares about this? Now, he knows the king doesn't care. He knows it's not going to be a part of it. He's not looking at it, going for it, which brings us to another question. One is, why doesn't it exist already? Two is, who else cares about this? Three is, who else can I get to care about this? Because that was part of my issue is, I don't think there's enough people who care about creating this day. I'm going to have to find people, and then I'm going to have to use my pathos and my passion and my logic, and I'm going to have to go get to them and say, we are going to care about this together. See, that's what Nehemiah does with the king. In chapter 2, and I'll summarize for you, he's the cupbearer for the king, and he brings the cup to the king, and the king says, why are you so sad? And Nehemiah says, how could I not be sad when the, my people's walls have been destroyed? See, for you and I, it's so essential that our pathos, that we carry with us, whatever it is, is the work of your life. And I don't mean to ho-hum and humdrum if you're an activist and I don't mean to carry a weight of, well, I just want to build more buildings or I just want to 
I want to work more. I want to direct more films. I want to carry that. But carry it inside of you and ask yourself the question, who can I get to care about this? Who can I get to be a part of this with me? I think a third question is really important, is who cares about me? There's some people who joined me for World Adoption Day who stepped in to be a part of it, not because they cared about adoption. It just wasn't, it's not a part of the the bandwidth that they had to care about another thing. And it's not even really because I could get them to care about it. It's just because they were friends with me because we had a relationship. That's part of the reason why Nehemiah has so much success with the king and he gives him permission to go and build the walls because the king cared about him. When you're going about the work of your life, this is what I've realized is I've asked myself, I asked myself, who cares about this and who can I get to care about this? But really it's who cares about me? Who, who will join me just because they care about my life. And there's been so many people who have been a part of that and been a part of World Adoption Day with us in that process. I think that's a great question to reflect on. These are great questions to reflect on when facing the adventurous, typically hazardous work. Maybe you're going to start something or maybe you've already started it and you're carrying it all yourself. But realizing the question behind it is, who cares about this? Who can I get to care about this? And who cares about me? And then the key is, it's enlisting those people. It's bringing them along in the process of what it is that you're doing. See, what I love about what Nehemiah did is he went to the king. And through having that conversation, because there was already this energy of why doesn't this already exist? And why doesn't this already happen? It had a natural momentum to it. And Nehemiah's ask was really, really easy because it wasn't for him. It was for someone else. See, for me, what I've always realized is that, there's, I'm, that, I, that I respond very negatively when someone tells me that I need to do something. Maybe you're like me. I just don't like it when someone says, you need to do this. I always go, I probably don't because if I, if I needed to do it, I already would be. And if I needed to do it, someone different than you would be telling me. So I, I have a very negative response to that. But I think there's different energies to the way that you invite people to be a part of a thing. For me, I've always opted in. I've always received invitations. I've always said yes to things that had the energy of this needs to happen. I think that's what World Adoption Day had with it, is that this needs to happen. It's ridiculous that it hasn't happened. It's, it's ridiculous that it doesn't exist already. And we're sort of embarrassed that it's 2015 and we haven't done this already. So yeah, this needs to happen. So when asking celebrities or athletes or when asking organizations or when asking moms and dads and ambassadors from around the world to be a part of World Adoption Day, the response of them was always, yeah, this needs to happen. It's, a, it's, it's not even a will I do this. It's a this needs to happen. So we just all need to get around this and just do this because it has to happen in the world. I think when you're evaluating things that you're doing or what it is that you're doing, how can what the work that you're doing become a this needs to happen kind of thing? How can it serve people in a way where people go, yes, that needs to happen? How can it give to people? How can it be a part of the world where people look at it and go, the world needs this? Maybe that's because of quality Maybe that's because of the way that it serves people. Maybe that's because of a need it meets in the world. But that's the kind of energy that I love being a part of. When I see things, organizations, or when I get invited to give to things, or when I see people doing certain things, I just, I love being a part of something that I go, yeah, this needs to happen. This needs to be a part of it. 
The second kind of energy, and there's a different kind of energy that happens that may be connected to the work of your life, is that I need to do this. And I think there's two different ways. For Nehemiah, Nehemiah was an I need to do this. I need to go and rebuild the wall for my people. For me, for World Adoption Day, it was an I need to do this, but only because no one else would. For Nehemiah, it was no one else would. Not only that, but how, is, how are other people giving him this information? They're not telling him about the plan to rebuild the wall. They're just telling him it's shattered and that his people are being attacked every single day. So, it, of course, it was an I need to do this. See, you might have that deep inside you, and I need to do this. I need to be a part of this. I, I need to, to be a part of that. That is a slightly different kind of energy. And what it means is that you have to ask yourself the question, do I need to do this for them or do I need to do this for me? Because it's really, really important because people will read it and people will sense it. If it's something that you need to do for you, then you've got to be really honest about it. You have to just say, you know what, I don't know even know if the world needs this, but I need to do this. It might be a film. It might be a memoir. It might be a story you need to tell or a building you need to build or a business you need to start. But you got to be really honest with that because if you are an I need to do this kind of project and you try to sell it to me as if this needs to happen, you're going to get resistance and not know why. You've got to own it and go, guys, I don't know what's going on in the world in terms of this project and I don't know what's happening all over here. All I know is that I have to do this. See, there is an inspiring and beautiful clarity to that that has an energy all its own. So if that's you, and I've met people like that, I've met people who just needed to write a book, then they, and the book that they worked on and the project they worked on, they just needed to do it. And I bought that book and read that book because I was for the clarity that they had that they just needed to do it. There's other people that have started companies or been a part of things that I invested in and I gave to and I joined their Kickstarter and I joined because they just needed to do it. You know, I meet people who adopt children because they just needed to. They just said, I want to give a home to a child. And I love the clarity of that. When a person tries to sell me on what they need to do by saying this needs to happen in the world, all they're doing is projecting the clarity that you can have inspires people all its own. But we get insecure, don't we? So then we know there's something we want to do, but instead of being really, really clear and upfront about that and inviting people very casually to be a part of it, we try to sell it to them as like the vision. But what you have to do is you just have to take a step back and go, I'm just going to be really clear. This is something that I need to do with my life. And then give yourself to it and watch people surround it because they love that kind of clarity in the world. I think the third kind of energy around what needs to be done is a you need to do this energy. A you need to do this energy. I want to just just take a pause and just go, this is the kind of energy you should avoid like a plague. If there's ever a you need to do this, or a you need to give money to this, or you need to be a part of this, or you need to buy this, or you need to whatever, that kind of energy is just, Nehemiah never the, a wise man never even went to the king and said, you need to let me go build this wall. And he would have had a pretty good case for that phrase because it needed to happen and people are dying and he's the person who can rebuild the wall in 52 days, by the way. He's the person who can rebuild the wall so he could have looked at the king and said, you need to let me do this. No, you need to pay for it. He could have given him all the you need tos, but he never did. See, I could have done the same thing. There's 17.8 million orphans in the world. 
And the way we're finding homes for them is through adoption. I could have gone to everyone and just said, you need to post a smiley, you need to use the hashtag. And you, you see these, these, these campaigns all around and people respond so viscerally to them. You'll get, you'll get a kind of person who likes to be told what to do. There are those kinds of people in the world where they just go, I, oh yeah, I want to be told, what do I need to do? What, just tell me that. But there are other kind of people who just go, they respond very negatively to that type of energy. However, so I want to invite you to, be, to avoid that kind of energy. Be really clear, is this something you need to do? Be really clear, is this something that needs to happen? And then invite people to be a part of it. Because at some point, you move into this next level or this next element that is an evolution of the you need to do this. It's a we are doing this. We are starting a movement. We are changing the world. We are building this. We are crafting something. We are creating something. And we are inviting you to be a part of it with us. It's what Nehemiah did when he went back to Jerusalem and began rebuilding the walls. He became the man behind the wall because he had a this needs to happen kind of energy surrounded him and said, we are doing this. Do you want to join us? For me, it's, it was a frightening thing to launch World Adoption Day for the first time because I just didn't know if it would work. And for me, now it's we're five days away or six days away from year two. And I still have that little hiccup in my chest that just goes, man, I hope this works. I hope this keeps happening. I hope it drives people to celebrating adoption. I hope it opens up people's minds to the adoption option in their life. I hope it mobilizes people to serve those children in the world who do not have homes. See, I hope all those things. But in reality, what I know and the way I invite people to be a part of it, for me, the ask always is since this needs to happen and since we are already doing this, do you want to join us in building this beautiful thing. For you and your life and for what you're creating, I want to invite you to take that typically hazardous journey just like I did and just take a deep breath and go, if it's a failure, I know it won't kill me. But if it's a success, it can do a lot of good for a lot of people. And that's the space and the tension I want to live in. So for me, what I want to invite you to do is I want you and to invite you to be the man or the woman behind it. See, Nehemiah was the man behind the wall. And I want to invite you to find what am I going to be behind? What is my life going to create? And am I going to be the woman behind the beautiful family? Am I going to be the man behind the company? Am I going to be the man behind the book or the man behind the service or the woman behind the children? Who, what work are you about? The thing that you're creating that you will be known as the woman behind the project, the woman behind the work. I want to invite you to ask yourself that question just as I did with World Adoption Day. And then I want to tell you, we are about something very beautiful called World Adoption Day. And if you're listening, I want to invite you to hit the hashtag on your phone. Not if you're listening to this while you're driving, go ahead and do it after you stop, but go to hashtag World Adoption Day. We invite people to put a smiley face on their hand and use the hashtag. 
because what we're moving towards is we're going to build this humongous catalog of these people who have used photos and take it right to the Secretary General of the United Nations and say, here's a day that we would like to build. We're going to take it to the King of the United Nations and say, sir, we would like to build a day that discusses the children in this world without families and how to make a world where there's a family for every child. So every time you post a smiley face with a hashtag, you're part of that. I want to invite you to join us. I want to invite you to be a part of that with us because for us, this is something that just needs to happen. For you, my hope for you is that as you become the man behind it, as you become the woman behind the work of your life, that you would, like Nehemiah, invite people to be a part of something that just needs to happen so that you could find that deep, visceral feeling that this is something you just need to do. So take a deep breath, and today is the day where we get one foot in front of the other and we just keep walking towards that work, walking towards that movement so that we can build something that other people can live within. Whether it's a city or a book or a story or a restaurant or a family, whatever it is that you're building, may you build it so beautifully we all get to live in the city of your life.